If you'd like to know how using biometric data like blood pressure, fasting blood glucose, resting heart rate, and body composition can help you improve your health and fitness, then this episode of the Smart Nutrition Made Simple Show is for you. Welcome to the Smart Nutrition Made Simple Show, where each week you will hear the real world experiences, life lessons, and guided principles that every highly driven man needs to master, their health, productivity, and relationships by sharing conversations with the world's most successful people in fitness, nutrition, supplementation, and mindset. Meet your host, Benjamin Brown. He is a fitness and nutrition expert, consultant to Fortune 500 companies and world championship sports teams, a husband and father of three, and has been helping men transform their physiques, optimize their energy, and own their fatherly mission since 2005. Thank you for joining us today, and without further ado, let's jump right in. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to episode number 81 of the Smart Nutrition Made Simple Show. Today on the show, my buddy, Coach Ryan Fanley. Coach Ryan is just a great dude, as you'll hear. Uh, he's a dad. He's a husband. He's a strength coach, an online coach, a fascial stretch therapist who has just a ton of knowledge and experience in the field, and I've learned a lot from him over the years. And he has continually progressed his knowledge and experience. And man, I'm just really excited to be able to share this conversation with you. We have a blast. I really, really enjoyed this conversation with him because we definitely are on the same page about so many things as I am with a lot of the guests that I have on the show. But, you know, I think what you're going to find on the show is that obviously it all comes down to perspective and it comes down to balance. We talk about some of the nuances of fitness and nutrition and strength training and why it's really important to carry a big toolbox as opposed to just being myopic or having a kind of polarized focus on strength training or nutrition, as I always talk about. Uh, we talk about some biometric indicators of tracking success, especially when you're working with an online client and helping you understand how your body is progressing, times when you need to maybe back off, times when you can really hit it hard, and what to look for with respect to your heart rate, you know, your resting heart rate, your blood pressure, your body composition changes, um, fasting blood glucose, why all of these are important in their own ways, and how to use exercise, specifically cardiovascular exercise, to start to manipulate these variables and improve health through it, not just losing body fat, but actually improve your health by doing more uh, structured aerobic training more structured strength training. Obviously, within this, we talk about the, our pet peeves within the industry, how everyone's unique, and uh, we talk about our families, which is something that both he and I enjoy talking about and prioritize the most in our lives. And so that's part of why I resonate so much with what he's doing in the industry, what he's doing through social media, and I think that you'll appreciate as well. So without further ado, here's Coach Ryan Fainley. Coach Ryan Fainley, welcome to the show, bud. How you doing? Man, I'm doing great. Thank you for having me on. I, I love talking shop with uh, fellow like-minded professionals that are we're in the same same industry, same grind, right? Absolutely, dude. It's I mean, I, I have a tremendous amount of respect for you. You've got a lot of knowledge and experience and wisdom in the industry. And I mean, you know, I remember taking classes with you years and years ago. And uh, I'm just thrilled to have the opportunity to talk shop and share it with our listeners. So, uh, yeah, thank you. I hope you don't mind that I'm outdoors today. I wanted to get a little bit of vitamin D while I was doing this. Well, I'm, I'm actually jealous. It's like fucking 110 degrees here still in Phoenix. Yeah. I'm still trapped inside, just dying. 
Um, <laughs> it's it's en- enough is enough, but you know what? I'll take it. Yeah, I mean, I'm in the Midwest, and it's funny. My wife and I went to Palm Palm Desert, uh, California, Palm Springs area, a couple weeks ago, and it was like 114, but like no humidity. And the way I describe it to people is like in the Midwest, in Ohio, when it's hot outside, it feels like someone put a blanket over your head and you can't breathe. But like mm-hmm. out in Phoenix and California, when it's hot, it feels like you're being set on fire. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like it does like it's it's nice as long as you're close to a pool i mean you're good you're good and yeah. i grew up in, i grew up in minneapolis so i get it dude i get it completely and but you also get like the mosquitoes to boot so it could be 90 and beautiful but you're just getting eaten alive <laughs> no doubt no doubt at all um so what's going on with you man what have you been up to lately I'll tell you what, um, right now, a big focus of mine is honestly family. Um, mm-hmm. I, we, we talked a little bit before, but I spent a good part of um, my years right after college just nose to the grindstone, 16, 17-hour days, no sleep, getting up at 3 a.m., um, and that was, that was in like the power-earning phases of my career. And you know, my dad taught me from a young age, like, hey, when you get a little bit of money, invest it so that you can build your future. And so I was big into that in an early stage. And now I'm to the point now where I still want to do what I enjoy doing, which is training, strength, conditioning, uh, a little bit of therapy work, but my family's my priority. Like, I don't want to get to the end of my life and be like, man, I missed my children's entire, you know, preschool years or or before school years just because I was working. So now I'm spending a lot more time with family stuff. Um, I am still working hard. Don't get me wrong. Um, but yeah that's so i'm doing a little bit of online coaching um and that's i've got a mixed bag there my my most elite client is a young uh sprinter from canada who's really his goal is to make the next olympics in 100 meters um and then my then i've got another guy that's 83 years old and he's just like look he wants to he wants to be 100 so it's like i've got kind of a mixed bag of clients which keeps it really interesting um, and then I've also been doing some fascial stretch therapy. It's just a manual therapy, basically assisted stretching. Um, and I've been doing it for some of the local sports teams like Cincinnati Bengals and Xavier University. So a little, little bit of a mixed bag. Yeah. So you've got a really diverse background of, of working within sports, working with general population, uh, both nutrition, supplementation, obviously fascial stretch therapy now. And um, that's kind of your your client base is a little bit of everything right now. Right. You know, I'm, I'm the kind of person I, I like to change focus periodically. So it helps me to not have the same type of client all day. You know, when I've been working with a bunch of athletes, it's really refreshing then to get that 83 year old man that just wants to be healthy and vice versa. You know, I can't, I'm not the kind of person that can do the same thing day in and day out all the time. So that's why I like mixing it up. I think when you're a good coach, you're always hungry for learning. And when you're always learning new things, then you, you know, you have a lot of tools that start to apply to different populations and subsets of populations and injuries and physicals and you name it to the degree that you do have the ability, whether you like it or not, to work with a a diverse population. And then you can really determine who you want to work with, which I think is a beautiful thing. Right. Yeah, it is. And you know what? You made a good point about the, the tools. I, I'm a big believer in carrying a big toolbox when it comes to um, all things training, fitness, and health. You know, if you think about it, like we're, we're doing some remodeling in our kitchen. And I was just, I, I was thinking about it because like how stupid would it be 
if the guy that came in to do the remodeling was only carrying a screwdriver. He's like, oh, yeah, I don't have a hammer. I don't have a nail gun. I don't have any woodworking tools. I don't have any tile grout. He, he wouldn't be able to do the job. But yeah. so many fitness trainers and coaches are that guy with just the screwdriver. They only know how to do one thing. That's it. Um, but, you know, there's so much option for diversity in the industry. I mean, if you think about just weight training alone, let's even forget the cardio component. Just weight training alone, you have bodybuilding, powerlifting, Olympic weightlifting, gymnastics, strongman, kettlebell training, grip training, cross training, you know, CrossFit in there. Like, why not learn from all those disciplines so that when that client comes in your door that needs one of those things, you can use the right tool for the right job. Yeah, and that's what, you know, it's in, in the nature of the industry, the nature of social media, it seems like in order to be successful, you have to be super myopic on your one thing and be polarizing on that one thing as you, you know, especially in the nutrition space as well. But um, that's something that's a little bit frustrating with the nature of our, our field. Yeah. You know what? You'd almost be better talking about us politics than talking about nutrition because nutrition is like religion. You know, people get in their little cults and they, Anything that goes against what they personally believe, their own bias, man, it's, it's, they'll have it out with you, you know. But even then, like nutrition, there's so many tools. Like, and, and I'm a firm believer in finding the right tool for the right job. Um, I had a client, so many years ago, back in the, I was influenced early on by a lot of um, uh, functional medicine doctors or yeah. naturopathic physicians in regard mm -hmm. to nutrition. So I was very much like, only eat food as it comes from the land, you know, like meats, proteins, veggies. And I still very much think that should be the foundation of every nutrition plan. But I would never in a million years allow any clients, you know, on plan to like have treat foods. I just, I wrote it off as like, no, it's horrible for your body. And then I got this one lady who came in and she tested me, but she could not stick to her plan for anything. Like every time she checked in, it was like, hey, wasn't compliant to the plan this week. And finally, I was like, look, I was like, what, you know, what's going on? How can I help you? Why is it you're not able to stick to this? And it was a simple plan. It wasn't even overly restrictive. She goes, well, she goes, all I can think about is jelly beans. She said, before I started working with you, I ate jelly beans whenever I wanted to. And now they're not on my plan. So all I think about is jelly beans. And then I eventually cave and eat like a whole bag. And I said, okay. And I said, yeah, what we're going to do is every day after your weight training workout, you're going to take a cup of jelly beans or a half cup. I don't remember exactly what it was. I said, and you're going to eat it right after that workout. I was like, and you can enjoy those guilt-free as part of your plan. And it's like, from that point on instant compliance, right? Yeah, she was, amazing. she was all in from that point on because I removed the barrier. And so for some people like, you know, gosh, intermittent fasting can be a great tool. Keto can be a great tool. Carb cycling, um, whole 30 flexible dieting. Those are all options that will, um, benefit different people at different times. Yeah, dude, it's such a great point And it's a great, it's a great story to just illustrate that everyone's so different and it, you need to experiment with those things. People need to experiment with all of these different fads, if you will, so that they start to get a better understanding of what works for them and what doesn't, what can they actually stick to what works for them mentally, psychologically, you know, and then physically, right. how are they feeling with it? Because yeah, we're all so different. And that's why I have such a, a diverse 
population of, of people that I interview on the show. I mean, I've interviewed vegans on the show and, you know, it's keto and there's nothing wrong with any of them per se. They all apply at certain times. It's just, you know, we, but, but what people have to realize is like, you have to be open to accepting that you have to experiment with things. There's nothing, I can't just tell you what to eat and what amount and you just roll with it. Cause it's not, it might work short for short term, but it's just not going to work long term. Right. People, people aren't robots. And, you know, there's actually some fairly new research that came out that basically examined diets as a whole fail. And people that, people that diet tend to, for the rest of their lives, gain weight, lose weight, gain weight, lose weight. They alternate back and forth. What is, what people don't realize though, is just healthy, sustainable eating habits is going to get you a long way. Um, and when you start to hop on the diet train, it can be really a slippery slope because while it can be effective for some, um, it, it's a, basically you have to just look at what happens when you fall off the diet. Keto is amazing. Mm -hmm. All right. Keto works wonders for dropping body fat until you just, the day comes that you decide you don't really like eating keto anymore. And then you're going to blow up like a puffer fish because you're, you're not That's accustomed right. to all the carbohydrates and things like that. You're going to get inflamed and there's it, just so much to it. So, but then there's other people. I got a friend, he just loves eating fat like he couldn't care yeah. to have carbs fruit sugar even protein he just loves eating fat and so like keto for him it's a lifestyle like i have no doubt he'll be able to do that the rest of his life stay lean no big deal me on the other hand i love a good uh i love a good cookie i love fruit That's i it. love berries yep. so keto while i may use it in phases for myself to, to drive a specific adaptation, it's not a long-term strategy. It's a very short-term fix for me personally. Yeah, I mean, I've had multiple clients now, multiple clients now that have been down the keto train and it has actually jacked them up from a lipid standpoint, from a cholesterol standpoint, uh, just from an inflammatory state standpoint. They just feel horrible, have put on body fat. And yeah, it's a great sign. It's like, hey, <laughs> You know, it's just not for you, man. And then you compound that with the fact that like, yeah, I would love to be able to eat carbs or they have a body type that does really well with carbohydrates and they're trying to force this thing that's just not right for their body. Right. Uh, and so sometimes it's just creating that level of awareness. Like just because all the other people are talking about it doesn't mean it's right for you, man. Yeah. And I, I had a, I had a talk with a, a big time keto, like religious keto zealot that thought it applied to everyone. And I was like, what? Like, look, what are you going to do when an elite 400-meter sprinter comes into your gym and wants help with his nutrition? I was like, are you going to give him keto too? Because I can promise you if you do, his performance is going to tank and he's going to get worse. I was like, so you, you know, pick, use keto for who it works for, but it's not for everybody. Yeah, and I think, I'll, and I'll let it go because people on the show are probably so sick of me. <laughs> Seemingly bash keto, I have nothing wrong with it, but it's like, Maybe it's, the, maybe it's the driver to just get someone in the door. Maybe they come to you and they're like, I'm ready, man. Like maybe they're 300 pounds and, and they just need to do something. And mm -hmm. I want to try keto. Cool, man. Let's try keto. Absolutely. Here's how we're going to yeah. lay it out. We're going to plug it in for four to six weeks. We're going to see how you do or plug it in until it stops working for you. And then let's slowly start to shift. Let's start to shift it to more yep. paleo or whatever. Uh, so many different things. And I just, I just want, so want people to, to keep that idea. It's like, it's, it, 
you have to undulate your approach. You have to be open to different things at different times. And to, uh, it's the same with training. You got to change things up consistently. Right. The body's adaptive. It's going to adapt to whatever you do. It's, it's truly amazing. Human physiology. Like I, it's crazy to me. Like if you end up eating a lot of calories and you consistently push them up over time, your metabolism increases. Like it's just an adaptive response. Mm-hmm. Um, same thing with training. Just I, I'm always so intrigued and fascinated by the body's adaptations that happen to a training intervention, to a nutrition intervention. Like you said, keto. Keto is a great jump start for when people are motivated and they're insulin resistant, so they have a lot of body fat to lose. It's an amazing jump start for that. Yeah. But the, the biggest the biggest slip up there is the bridge between the end of the keto diet and the introduction of carbs. It has to happen slowly and it has to happen relative to the training intake. Um, I've seen it end poorly many times. Um, myself too. I've you know, one of the biggest mistakes you could make is do a big keto burst before vacation. All right, I've, I've made that mistake before and and ended up, I, I think, I, I want to say my personal record, it was I gained like 20 pounds in a single week um, on vacation, you know, because I was training, doing crazy hard training, crazy hard keto dieting, glycogen stores were depleted, yep. uh, enzymes were downregulated, and then all of a sudden it was like a carbohydrate whammy into the system. And then Carb next bombs. thing you know, I'm like, wow, that didn't work at all. <laughs> Tons of water. Nice. Yeah. And that's just, it goes right back to having the tools to know when it's the right time. As a coach, having the tools to know, is this someone that this would actually work for? Are they actually insulin resistant? Or there's plenty of overweight people that are, you know, plenty are insulin sensitive just fine, like handle carbs just fine. Right. They just need to reduce their caloric intake. Yeah. Yeah. The the research is, is becoming more and more clear that the top two priorities for fat loss are number one, nailing a sufficient calorie level to, mm-hmm. to induce a calorie deficit, and number two, ensuring adequate protein. After that, whether you get your deficit from cutting carbs, cutting fats, it doesn't really matter that much from a weight loss standpoint. 100%. Now, if you're also interested in performance, like anaerobic performance, like me personally, I like to be able to perform well. I don't want to look awesome and then be weak and depleted and all that. I want to be able to use my body when I am looking a certain way. So I will fuel with carbs. So for me personally, if you're like, you got to get shredded, um, I will just take fats way down and keep carbs high so that I can train anaerobically, perform hard in the gym, get great lifts in, recover from lifts, not look flat and small and, and deflated. You still look full as you, as you lean down. So that's for me. That's not for everybody though. Yeah, absolutely. What are some of the, the ways that you talk to your clientele about sort of training and training intensity, eating around their training to, you know, let's say fat loss, energy, physique goals. But, you know, a lot of people that we're talking to on this show is is certainly health-minded, busy working population, mothers, fathers. They train, they want to go to the gym. They know they should be going to the gym, lifting weights, both males and females, absolutely. But I think there's somewhat of a disconnect between lifting weights and and lifting weights with purpose and intensity uh and, and kind of the discrepancy between that if that makes sense yeah i think a lot of the discrepancy exists because effective training is really really hard 
And that's just a fact. And a lot of people, they would, they like the concept of getting in shape. They think it would be a good idea, but then the training, it's just too brutal for them. And so um, I think there's a big disconnect with that. With nutrition, I always meet the client where they are at. So I have a detailed questionnaire that every client that comes to me fills out. And there's some like personality questions in there too. And some, and some, uh, questions that I try to look at their psychology a little bit. And then I will discuss with them a plan that we use. So some people, like if I get a guy and it's very clear that he's like a contest, experienced contest bodybuilder, that's a piece of cake. You just yeah. give them macro targets per meal, boom, they're good to go. They're robots that can follow it. If I have someone that's new to nutrition completely, it's more, it's a lot more explanation about like, hey, this is what protein is. These are high fat proteins. These are low fat proteins. Uh, this is how many veggies you should be getting in a day. Let's make sure we're drinking plenty of water. Um, and so it's a lot more basic. In fact, for a lot of people, I'm about to give away a bunch of secrets. All right. So <laughs> listen these up. Are, these, the, yeah, listen up. This is honestly, if, you, if you're new to um, eating for health, this is awesome and you want to lose weight. So one of the things I'll do, I'll get a client and let's say they've got zero experience with food whatsoever. So the first thing I'll do is give them a daily water goal. So hydration. So we're looking at, you know, and it's, I often say one ounce per pound of body weight, but uh, there, there's some variability there based on the training program I give them. So we just start on a water goal and I say, all you have to do for these next three weeks is nail this water target every day, 100% compliant. Okay, that's easy enough, right? So they still eat whatever they've been eating and then they meet their water goal. Well, when you hydrate, all of the processes in the body work better. All of your metabolic pathways work better. You're going to burn body fat better, digestion. feel better, digestion, sleep, yep. all of it. So that you got that going for you. The other thing is water takes up space in the stomach. And most people that have problems with appetite regulation are simply dehydrated. They don't have enough fluid in the stomach throughout the day. So we're making them more full. So they're naturally, without me even telling them, they're going to self-select fewer calories. The next thing we work on, they come to me, so, okay, a couple weeks nailing the water goal. Once it's a piece of cake, you know, I, I give a ballpark of three weeks, but for some people it takes six weeks before that's automatic. It just, we meet them where they are. Once that habit is automatic, the next thing is a vegetable goal. And I've given this a couple ways. I've given it in terms of pounds, so where people actually weigh the veggies, and I'll say eat two pounds of leafy veggies per day or one pound. Um, I've also given it in like portion sizes. So like using the size of your fist, like precision nutrition yep. and having six fist size servings of leafy veggies, but we just give them a veggie target. So now we've got a water target that we're going to continue to do and a veggie target. Well, the veggies, you're going to get a ton of phytonutrients, antioxidants and such that are going to help again, all those little cellular processes that may be sluggish if you've got poor nutrition. The other thing is there's a lot of fiber, so it's going to fill mm -hmm. you up even more. So you're going to self-select fewer calories. Once that's automatic, then we work on a protein target. And I'll say you need to eat this much protein in a day, and I'll explain to them how to do that. So by the end of these three steps, and we're looking at basically you know anywhere from 12 to, let's say, 24 weeks with just these three steps, mm -hmm. they will have lost weight in this point. And the magic of it is they will have lost weight without me restricting a single thing from them. 100%. And then, and then once you're at that point where all those three things are automatic, then we can start dialing in the calories a little bit more. But honestly, when you do those things religiously, and I'm talking seven days a week, you know, year round, 
it's amazing. You will self-select fewer calories and you will get leaner. Um, And so that's one of the top things that I do with people that are inexperienced with nutrition. Those are great tools and they have the accountability of you as a coach. So it's just like that underlying, I've hired a coach, I've invested and I'm committed now to this process. So whatever coach Fanley says, I'm doing. Yeah. And they buy in too because they see results and they go, oh my gosh, this works. Like this guy knows what he's talking about. And there's zero guilt up to that point. There's no like, oops, I had a jelly bean. Go ahead. You're, I, I haven't taken jelly beans away. Feel free. You know, if you, if you want them, have them, but meet those other targets first. Um, and you'll find that once you start to make the switch to more nutritious, nutrient dense foods, you don't even really crave the junk as much anymore. Uh, the so-called junk food. Um, not that you can't ever have it, but it's just, you don't, you don't desire it. And a lot of that has to do with pleasure centers in the brain. It has to do with the gut microbiome or the little bacteria that are present in all of our intestines and, and uh, internal organs. All those things play a part in our appetite regulation, in our uh, energy output. And so, I mean, it, it's just impacting those things without restricting too much, I think is critical. Hey guys, would you like to work with me on helping you optimize your energy levels over the next eight weeks? I have a brand new program called the Energy Recharge Solution starting on November 4th, and I'd love to work with you. I've been working on this system for the last two years, and I call it the Pure Science Proven Results Process. In it, I teach you the fundamental habits necessary to create massive change in the four pillars that matter most for optimized energy and long-term fat loss, nutrition, movement, lifestyle, and mindset. Now we're building an amazing reference library of success stories of high achieving men and a few brave women from all walks of life. This will be an online eight-week coaching program led by me and the purpose is to give you the no BS tools to literally recharge your internal battery so that you can focus on what really matters most in your life, like your family and functioning at your best all day, every day. Now, naturally, this is for men and women who are results-oriented and ready to take serious action and not for those unwilling to invest in their success. If you'd like to join us, then go ahead and schedule an introductory call with me so I can tell you more about the program just head over to www.bslnutrition.com forward slash level up. Looking forward to our conversation and enjoy the rest of the show. Uh, it's it's so good. It sounds so easy, but it's so powerful. And I talk about it consistently. And, you know, that's why this is a smart nutrition made simple show. It's like, look, people, let's not make it harder than it needs to be. I get too many people that are coming to me like I've done keto. I've, I've, met, I've been checking my blood sugars. I've done all these ancillary functional medicine tests and I intermittent fast and, you know, yada, yada, yada. And it's like, let's take, okay, you're not drinking enough water. You're not eating enough veggies. You're not hitting your protein goals. Um, You know, maybe you're just not eating frequently enough, whatever. Maybe you're just not training hard enough, like you said. So let's just take it down to the basics and then work up from there. I I, want to progress this into, we've got someone that's a little more advanced and they're really okay. looking to improve. Let's just say, op, let's, let's use that sort of nebulous term optimization, but let's say optimize their energy or they're looking from a longevity standpoint. And, okay. and you know, you had mentioned that you use some biomarkers to help track progress, especially being an online coach. Cause I know how difficult that is to, to really tune sure. in, to help them tune in and you tune in as a coach to what's going on with them physiologically. So let's talk a little bit about some of those biometrics that you use. Yeah. Okay. So, 
you know, some of it's biometric, but some of it is just what I call indicators. And that is, you know, it's nothing more to say. What gets measured gets managed, right? Mm -hmm. If you're not measuring something, you're not going to manage it. And, and that's the problem when you re refer back to training intensity in the gym. That's one of the biggest issues I see with general population is they do the same exercises with the same weight for the same reps week in and week out. You're not forcing the body to change. And so just something as simple as progressive overload on a few key exercises right. is going to be huge for track and progress. I promise you, if you add 50 pounds to your 10 rep max on six different lifts that target the entire body, you will gain muscle mass provided you're eating enough protein. And, it, and if you are in a calorie deficit during that time, guess what? You're going to lose body fat because you're asking more and more of the body each time you set foot in the gym. So I have different categories for things that I like people to look at. For general health, I mean, I think you can't beat blood pressure, fasting blood glucose, uh, and resting heart rate. Those yeah. three things give you a quick snapshot of various systems in the body. Blood pressure, for obvious reasons, the cardiopulmonary system, we're looking at the heart, you know, and what's, what's interesting is blood pressure is so sensitive to the smallest changes. Um, it, you know, wh one bad night's sleep for me, my blood pressure will be shot. Yep. One amazing night's sleep for me, and my blood pressure is gold, you know. Um, stress levels. So checking the, that periodically throughout the day is a great way to kind of see your state at the moment. And I'll use that um, if people show up with high blood pressures for a couple of th sessions in a row, oftentimes I'll peel back the training because I want to remove stress. Your body doesn't differentiate between the stress of being chased by a tiger versus being late to pick your kids up from school versus training hard. It's all stress. And so we have to remove it from somewhere. And that's one way that we can do that is by reducing the training yes. in people that are super, super stressed. Blood glucose is pretty simple. That's just, the, that's just basically how much sugar is in your blood at that time. And chronic blood blood sugar levels, and, and we can talk about fasting in, in response to a meal, give a good indication of how well, how insulin sensitive you are, how right. well your pancreas and insulin does its job in driving sugar into the cell. Just do a finger prick test. And you do uh, upon waking and then kind of postprandial, like a couple hours after a meal? Yeah, I'll, I, I prefer upon awakening, and then I'll only do postprandial if there seems to be kind of a hidden issue. Like if they say they're sticking to the meal plan and we've adjusted calories and it's still not budging anywhere, then I may look at glucose an hour post meal to see where it is. Yep. Um, and if it's sky high, then we may do some things to work on that aspect of it. Um, but honestly, like if you insulin, the hormone insulin, which rises in response to an increase in blood sugar um, is it opposes the fat burning pathways. So in essence, if you're constantly pumping insulin all day long in response to the food you eat or how much or the types, you're going to have a hard time burning body fat. You want insulin to do its job and then clear the bloodstream ASAP. Right. So, um, so that's why I look at those glucose numbers and then resting heart rate again, just for a metric of stress. You know, we could extend that further. We look at HRV or heart rate variability yes. a little bit. Um, and then also for a lot of clients, body composition, and that includes scale weight, you know, unless, unless someone has some type of psychological issue with the scale, I will use the scale and it for the soul, you know, the pendulum swings in, in the eighties, it was all eighties and nineties. It was all about 
what's your scale doing? Yep. And then in the late 90s, 2000, early 2000s, it became throw your scales away. The number doesn't matter. Right. Um, all that matters is body composition, which I agree with, but where the scale is valuable, the scale will tell you what relative state your body is in, whether you're in, our, in a calorie surplus, a calorie deficit, or caloric maintenance where your weight's stable. And the way I do that is I have clients measure, um, if, if it's simple for them, I'll have them do it every day. If it's a little more of a pain in the butt, I'll say minimum three times a week, and then they report a weekly average. Because you're gonna fluctuate, right? Like if you weigh yourself one morning and you haven't pooped yet, you're gonna be a little heavier. Or if you had a meal later in the evening that day, you're gonna be a little heavier, mm -hmm. you know? So there's gonna be daily fluctuations. So you never wanna just make a decision on the diet based on one day to the next. But the weekly trend, the weekly average, will show you what direction you're trending. That's it. So if someone's goal is to lose body fat and their scale weight is staying the same, all that tells me is that they're at caloric maintenance. Now, can you lose body fat in caloric maintenance? Yes, you can. But it's not the most optimal environment for fat loss. The most optimal environment for fat loss is a deficit where the scale is steadily ticking down over weeks and months and et cetera. Yeah, for sure. I, and I've, I've gone back to, I, I had eliminated body weight for a period of time earlier on and, and quick, pretty quickly realized like, look, we have to have it, especially with online coaching. Like we have to have an idea of what's going on with body fat, but sometimes more importantly is helping clientele understand why they need to create some awareness around what's going on with body weight and sort of dissociate emotionally from the scale weight. It's just, it's simply an observation is, yes. you know, maybe you didn't sleep, maybe you're super stressed out, maybe you're in, you're leading up to your menstrual cycle, um, or maybe you're in the very middle of your menstrual cycle, or maybe you had a super high carb meal, or just seeing what happens with it so that you can understand the complexity of what your body's doing hormonally and then from a fluid standpoint on a daily basis. Like you didn't, Dude, you didn't burn three pounds of body fat overnight, but you also didn't gain three pounds of muscle overnight. Totally. And then 100%. when you yeah, so when you can correlate some of those things and then tie it in with all right, maybe the scales up and my HRV's way down and my heart rate and my you know resting heart rates way up. Something's going on. Maybe my immune system's getting crushed. Maybe I'm in a super sympathetic state and. So from a coach, it's great, but also from a, a clientele standpoint, like helping you understand as a listener that these are some of the nuances, right, that you need to observe and, and understand right. how your body's functioning. And I think, too, when we talk about more advanced clients, it can be really useful to run little experiments. So I had an IFBB pro bodybuilder, um, and I did some consulting with him, and when he was carving up for shows, um, he always was showing up flat. And, and when talking with him, he was using 800 grams of carbs in his, in the day before. And so I was like, you know what? Let's, so in the off season, we ran some experiments and we tried a thousand. And what's interesting is day to day with a thousand grams of carbs, he actually lost weight like oh overnight, like the next God. day. And then we bumped, <laughs> so then we bumped to 1200 grams, lost weight again at 1200 grams. It, it wasn't until we loaded with 1600 grams of carbs in a single day that he actually stayed full with glycogen stores. So what was happening, essentially, that amount, that 800 to 1,500 grams of carbs, was just enough over his normal daily intake to elevate his metabolism. And when it elevated it, it 
freaking skyrocketed it because it's a ton of calories. Yeah. So he ended up losing weight. So we we would have never found that out had we not used the scale to determine what was going on. If you if you're depleted and you carb load, you should be heavier the next day by a lot, you know. So the fact that he kept showing up underweight the next day made me just kind of go, hmm, like what what are we gonna yeah, do? Yeah, it's here? like it's like doing a refeed and then noticing the next day that you know, because you, you bump in metabolism and right up a little bit lighter. That's crazy amount of carbohydrate. I can't even yeah. feel them eating that much of carb. A lot of a lot of a lot of white rice, cream of rice, uh, maple syrup, sorbet. A lot God, more simple sources. Yeah, gross. Can't ha- you can't have that much in fibrous carbs. I'll tell you that. That is gross. Um, yeah. So, with respect to some of these metrics, like let's talk and briefly, let's just talk about blood pressure. Let's talk about resting heart rate and cardiovascular exercise. Because yes, I think I think we can both speak. Um, you know, knowledgeably to, to the degree that cardiovascular exercise is beneficial, whereas it may have been, you know, uh, whatever, looked down upon in the past. Uh, there's, there's certainly benefits to cardiovascular exercise. How do you uh, and do you structure that in some capacity to help improve or do you see improvement in those metrics based on more aerobic type training? Yes, 100%. So resting heart rate and blood pressure are for sure going to be positively impacted by aerobic work. Now, this could be a whole other podcast in and of itself, but we have to differentiate between like high, high intensity aerobic work versus low intensity aerobic work. The best aerobic work for blood pressure and resting heart rate is going to be your more lower intensity Mm -hmm. work. So this is, uh, for me personally at age 36, this is like heart rate 110 to 120. Uh, Really, really low end. I can easily carry on a conversation. I don't feel a burn. Um, it's a piece of cake, but the, the length of time is what's critical for that. You need to do it probably a minimum of 30 minutes and really up to 90 minutes, um, for maximum benefit. So just practical example, if someone turns up to me and let's say they're a meathead, they're a big power lifter, they love smashing weights, but their blood pressure is garbage. Um, I will do an initial block with them, uh, you know, a minimum three weeks, but it could be a little bit more of dedicated aerobic work where strength training then goes to maintenance and the aerobic work up to 90 minutes of aerobic work is done daily. They'll do some form of aerobic work daily for like three weeks. I should Mm. say five to six days a week. I'll at least have one or two days off in there, but, um, but yeah, and that will help with the blood pressure. The other thing is nutrition. A lot of times sodium has been demonized. Um, and while sodium is an issue for sedentary people, if you're active, you need sodium. A bigger contributor to poor blood pressure is not enough potassium. So sodium and potassium are two electrolytes, and um, and basically the, the body strives to retain in a certain balance. So a lot of the time we're just consuming too much sodium and not enough potassium for the amount of sodium that we need. So um, for blood pressure, aerobic work first of all, then an increase in potassium, preferably from whole nutritious foods. But if need be, I have no problems using a potassium supplement like potassium citrate powder um, is a good one. Yes. And then I will also use uh, Arjuna, which is it, it's a it's an Ayurvedic herb that's in a supplement called Cardatone. Cardatone is amazing for blood pressure. Mm. I've had people, even um, serious high dose anabolic steroid users, that were able to achieve like completely perfect health blood pressure with the introduction of that supplement. Is that um, a, what what company makes that? 
Ah, uh, you know what? I'm not. I'm not sure the company. I'll, is. I'll check C- it out. It's, it's C A R D I T O N E, Carditone. All right, that's interesting. Um, but that's money for blood pressure, and then great. also your your vasodilators, things like citrulline malate, nice. uh, beetroot powder, um, just pure cacao, like chocolate powder. Love just that a spoonful of that. So I'll have people do that throughout the day as well in order to increase vasodilation and drop blood pressure. And honestly. Those things, just a little bit of supplementation and some aerobic work is enough to get blood pressure back in range. And then we can start working back with strength work and we maintain the aerobic work. It's just no longer the priority at that point. Dude, spitting gold. Gold nuggets, people. Seriously, I mean, I love, I've become such a a fan of low intensity, steady state. So especially like if if we're talking, like if you're listening and you're kind of high strung, entrepreneurial business type person working a ton, uh, super stressed out. Some of this low intensity steady state really works phenomenally. And you have high blood pressure. It's going to help take down blood pressure. It's a great anti-anxiety stress management. It's a great tool just to get on, let's say a treadmill or go out for a long uh, low intensity walk just from a thinking standpoint. I mean, I, a lot of clients I have just get the best thinking done, leave your phone at home, go out there or bring a notepad and just yeah. get out and, and walk and disconnect. I was uh, going to say that because I, I have, if I have some brain intensive work that I need to do, I will always schedule it after an aerobic session because I usually have such amazing, I mean, you got cerebral blood flow, you get brain blood flow while you're doing that stuff too. Um, and you know what? I think, health aside it's also worth talking about performance with aerobics um a lot of people will say well strength training is anaerobic you know you don't need aerobics well the aerobic system is what refills the gas tank in between sets so what you'll find is the more aerobically fit you are you're going to need less total rest between sets which means you can do more total work in the gym so if you're only in the gym for an hour Who's going to get more sets in the guy who's fully ready to go after 90 seconds or the guy that needs five minutes between sets, right? Yep. So it, it enables you to do more and more sets, which is going to contribute more to hypertrophy, which will contribute more to strength. And so um, aerobic work can and should be a part of any serious strength or hypertrophy program. Now, here's the rub. This is where all this shit went backwards, man. Um, probably mid, mid-90s, people started coming out saying, Aerobic work is actually bad for strength athletes. You're going to get oxidative stress, which is bad for the heart. You're going to get fiber type conversion. So those fast twitch fibers are going to switch to slow twitch, and you're going to lose all your power output. The problem with those statements, those statements are true, but those statements were derived in studies where they used extreme endurance training. So we're talking marathoners. We're talking you know, triathletes. And a, that's a different level. That's an extreme. All extremes yeah. are going to be bad, like extreme – Strength training, like that's hard on your body. Extreme aerobic work is hard. Or on your going body. like couch to half marathon is extreme. Yeah, all that stuff is really extreme. And so, yeah, if you if you're trying to run the Ironman, you're trying to do the Ironman triathlon. Yeah, that's probably not a great time to try to gain muscle too. Right. But modest amounts of aerobic work are going to do nothing but help your recovery. Yeah. The other thing is frequency of training. A lot of research now is pointing to the fact that a higher frequency or how often you hit a muscle group is going to be more beneficial um, or ultimately long-term muscle growth. When you are aerobically fit, you'll recover better from session to session so you can train that again more frequently. And if you think about it, it makes sense. Like muscle protein synthesis 
um, after you train is only elevated for about 36 hours. So a day and a half roughly. So if you work your biceps on a Monday, um, you know, by Tuesday night, it, they're, they're done growing essentially. Um, so if you wait till the next Monday to hit it again, you're what sitting on it for five days, just yeah. doing nothing. Whereas now if you train that muscle three times in a week, now you're keeping muscle protein synthesis re- upregulated the entire week uh, in that muscle group. And so that's where, but you can't do that if you're not aerobically fit. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's like you have to you have to have a degree of fitness to be able to tolerate that kind of training load. And it's built up over time. Yeah, that's it. Um, so let's shift gears and, and then yeah. finish things off with this. I know you love being a dad and it seems like yes. you're, you're a great dad. And I want to know, just let's talk about balance. You know, you, you're an entrepreneur. You love to train. Um, you're super good at what you do, but you also love being a dad. And I think for a lot of us, I mean, that's always, it's always about that, right? In, in everything in life, it's always about finding that balance. And how do you make it work? Uh, and how do you help your clients make it work? Yeah, that's a great question. And I think I'd be lying if I told you that I've completely figured it out because I'll tell you, there are some days, man, where I'm just like, man, how do I, how do I ever get things done? But I'll tell you what it is. Ultimately, your priorities will determine your balance. That's the, that's the harsh fact. So right now, for example, my kids and my wife are a priority. So I spend a lot of time with them. Uh, my training is a priority, so I do a lot of that. And work is a priority, so I spend a lot of time you know, posting content for YouTube, dealing with clients. What's not a priority right now? Home maintenance. And for that reason, <laughs> you know, like, like that, for that reason, I have no problem hiring that out. You know what yeah. I mean? Like I'll pay a kid to mow our grass or to pay someone to install some cabinets um, yeah. if that means that I don't have to spend six hours doing that or, or a whole weekend. Um, and that's really what it boils down to, you know, early on, um, I, I, I just grinded it out. I sacrificed sleep. And so I was, uh, my, my schedule used to be, I would get up at 3am and I would work and train from three to nine. And then I would take my daughter during the day and I would have her, um, through most of the day. Then at five, when my wife would, uh, get home from work, she would take my daughter and I would go work again until around 10 or 11. Mm-hmm. So I was getting about four hours of sleep a night and it was really productive for me. Again, those were like prime earning years for me. So it was like I was taking what I was getting, socking it away in investments, meeting with financial advisors. And, and so that period of time had a purpose, but I didn't have balance. Um, and so, but now I'm at the stage, I value my sleep now too. So I make sure to get my sleep. So the things that I that have shifted away are like home maintenance type things. Um, TV. I, I can't tell you the last time I watched TV and I used to love it. I used to watch sports. I used to watch comedies and haven't, we, we even canceled our TV, you know, our cable because we yeah. just didn't use it. Um, so no TV um, and a little bit less social stuff, to be honest. Like, yeah. you know, not that we don't have friends. We still make it a priority to see friends, but it's not, the same as it used to be. It used to be, you know, getting together three, four, five times a week with friends. Now it's like, you know, maybe once a week, once every two weeks, we'll, we'll do something social, but. Well, um, you're in the thick, right? Yeah. I mean, how old are your kids? Uh, my daughter is four and a half and my son is one. So we're okay. like in the tough. You're tough in spot. it. You're in it. Yeah. And, um, I can relate. I mean, my kids are, my girls are, uh, let's see, nine and almost eight. And then my son is four. Oh, man. And uh, yeah, it's, that's it. It's all about prioritization. 
And it's the same as, you know, when you, when you're ready to start a program and you know, you need to commit to it and you have to make it a priority. Yeah. And you know what, honestly, having a supportive spouse is a huge part of this. You know, I would not be able to do any of this without my wife and we have a mutual understanding. It's like the training side of things, you have to have someone that can help you with children when it's time to train. And so, um, you know, if you, if you do want to enter a, a program or start doing a plan or start to make a life change, you have to have open communication with your spouse to say, Hey, look, I need this time for myself. I need from six to 7 PM mm-hmm. on Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday to get my workout in so that I can function better for the family. And that's really what it is. My wife, if there's a time crunch and, <laughs> and she knows I haven't got my workout in yet. She'll take the kids and let me go get my workout. Cause she knows I'm a miserable. <laughs> I don't it. train <laughs> and I'm useless. I am useless. It's crazy how training gives you energy. If I don't train, all I want to do is sit on the couch. But if I get a workout in, man, I'm ready to go for the day. Like I'm charged up. I'm amped. I'm excited. That's so funny. I've come home at times. Like I feel I'll, I'll be working off, I'll come home cause I'll feel guilty that, I haven't been around for the kids, you know, or she's been stuck with them for a period of time or whatever. And I'll, I'll come home and, um, she's like, you just go, just go work out. Cause yeah. no one wants to be around you right now. And then I'll come home <laughs> and I'll be in a, and I'll be in a great mood, you know, and, uh, yeah. dinner and, and have great energy and, and be able to think clearly. It's just, it's nuts. It, it's nuts. And what do what are the kids up to? They're young, but Okay. So my daughter, my daughter loves to come work out with me. So she is, she's four and a half. She can already do pull-ups on her own. In fact, she ripped, it was so funny. I was downstairs and I hear this loud noise, this clang. And then she comes down all sheepish. She goes, daddy, I need to tell you something. I said, what's going on, sweetheart? And she goes, I needed to do a few chin-ups before the bath and I pulled the (laughs) towel bar out of the wall. So she ripped the towel rod right out of the drywall. (laughs) And I, but I was so proud of her. I didn't even care. I was like, Oh sweetie, it's okay. Um, so she's doing that. My son's running around now. He is looks like a beast. He's a beast, man. He's he. Okay. So he's one year old. He weighs 26 pounds. So he's literally one tenth my size. And every morning for breakfast, he eats four whole scrambled eggs, uh, an entire banana, two turkey sausage links, and a slice of uh, that Dave's killer bread, that whole yeah, grain bread. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's his breakfast every morning. So I'm thinking like, man, like he's one-tenth of me. He eats four eggs. I that's a big scene. That doesn't even yeah. – it doesn't even make sense from a, a calorie standpoint. That's more than I ate for breakfast. Yeah, it's That's wild. It's close to actually what I ate. Yeah, but it. But what's funny is like he's a metabolic furnace, and a couple yeah. hours later, he's smack. He'll run over and grab his high chair and start shaking it like time to eat. You know, like oh my god, that's amazing. So. It's a blast. You know, these are the best years of our lives. As crazy as they can be, and as exhausted as we are. There's going to come a day when we're going to look back and say, man, I wish my kids were four and a half and one again, or I wish my kids were eight, nine and four again. And so really a lot of it is attitude, right? The only, there's only two things in your life you can control your attitude and your effort. And so it's like, even I'm, and it's hard, you know, I'm not perfect at it, but it's something I've really been trying to impress upon my daughter. It's like, even if the day's kind of shitty, have a great attitude about the day and it'll end up being a good day, you know? Mm -hmm. 
And so that's a big part of it with kids is, you know, you got to watch yourself and watch who you surround yourself with. If you fall into a circle of people that are mopey and complainy and whiny, you're going to end up that way. And I was only saying that because I've been there. And so that's why I prefer to surround myself with, you know, really energetic, positive, like glasses half full type attitudes, you know? Yeah. That's what we say to our kids is, you know, they'll come home complaining about something. So-and-so hit me and say, you know what? Don't be a victim. All right. What'd you yeah. learn from it? What are you going to do about it next time? Let's, you know, let's make it a lesson yeah. and um, parenting. shift your thinking. And then it's your doing, man. You got to lead by example. It's the only way we're going to teach our kids to value health and fitness and be a good person uh, is to lead by example. And I think that, you know, people are like, how do you get your kids to eat healthy food? How do you get them to exercise? Well, you have to do it. You have to yeah. embrace it, man. It has to be part of your, your value system. Because if yeah. you don't value it, they're not going to, and, and you can't just tell them. Well, you know what's funny with my daughter with food? It's like from a very early age, I, I, I didn't want to develop like an eating disorder type deal where we demonize foods. Sure. But what I did is I always spoke positively of the most nutritious foods. So I said, Livy, you see these green beans? These are grow foods. These help yeah. your body be strong. And so you can go out to the gym like daddy and mommy do and, and be strong with your body. And so it got to a point where like eventually like now she harnesses that like she will make the decision like the other day I was so proud of her. Uh, she was at a friend's house and her the, the friend's mom told me this. They put some Oreos out and then also like a banana to see what Livy wanted. And they said she chose the banana and I asked her, like you do you not want any Oreos? And she goes, well, the banana helps me do my pull ups. So it's like it's just to get them thinking that way. Um, it starts with us. Right. So my daughter's very similar and she, God, it's so funny, man. My oldest daughter, she like, you know, occasionally we'll take them out for donuts or they have friends, parents that take them out for donuts all the time. She won't like, she just doesn't like them and she won't eat toast. She won't eat pancakes to the burrito shop. And I got her a side of steak (laughs) and she ate a side of steak while my other two kids were eating donuts. Yeah. Uh, she's just she would love to she'd rather have a steak for breakfast which i yeah. obviously love and it just makes yeah you sure. know, i love so much but it's it's all about leading by example and man um let's wrap it up with that i'm i'd love to have you on the show again we could talk all day but awesome yeah i'm just ryan i'm just super appreciative um you know for your time for your knowledge and wisdom and dude just the gold nuggets that you're sharing on the show that you're sharing through social media for those of you listening, I'll provide a link in the show notes, but if you're not following Coach Ryan, make sure you do so. It's just a hilarious dude, all kinds of dad jokes left and right, which I obviously <laughs> can appreciate, yes. but really, just really high value stuff. If you're into training and nutrition, and and, and obviously you are if you're listening to this. So uh, thank you, brother. Thank you to all those of you listening. Uh, let's, you know, where can people find out more about you, man? Um, so my YouTube channel that I post a lot of like longer, more explaining content to which is Viper V I P A R. Um, and I've got over 200 some videos there on a bunch of different topics, rehab, nutrition, training, programming, um, all those things. Um, on Instagram, it's Ryan Fanley, just first name, last name, R Y A N F A E H N L E. And that's where you'll see pictures of my kids. I will post workouts there occasionally, some cool stuff that I share, and then, of course, the dad jokes. Love it. Love <laughs> and then it. eventually, I've got a program um, that 
uh, I'm going to release sometime in the near future. I, it'll be announced on my Instagram and uh, YouTube channels, but I'm just trying to find the right venue to, cool. to put it through. So, but that, okay. that'll be out soon. But yeah, thank you. I, man, I had a blast talking shop today. Yeah, I'll fun. come back on sometime for sure. Oh, we'll do it again for sure, man. Well, appreciate awesome. you and uh, we'll connect soon. Thanks. Have a great one. Take care, bud. Did you love this episode of the Smart Nutrition Made Simple show? Then head on over to iTunes, subscribe, and leave a positive rating and review. And more importantly, share this with other men that you know are dedicated to leveling up in every area of their life by learning how to live healthier, more energetic, and productive lives so that they can optimize their health for their family and future. Thank you for listening. And if you want to find out more about how you can work directly with Ben, then just head on over to www.bslnutrition.com forward slash level up.